Welcome to the Women Want Strong Men podcast. I'm your host, Amy Stuttle. I believe it takes a strong man to appreciate a strong woman, and I'm here to bring a unique perspective to empower both sexes. I love talking with health experts, thought leaders, influencers, and people who have insightful information to share with us about our health, our society, and our pursuit for success and prosperity. I appreciate everybody tuning into the podcast today. If you're a new listener, thank you for choosing this episode to join in today. If you're somebody that listens frequently, thank you and welcome back. So this is the first time that I've ever had, I guess, technically two guests on the show. I have Allison Hill, who is a patient coordinator at Victory Men's Health on, and I have her health coach, Adrian Smith. Adrian Smith is the CEO of FE3 Integrated Fitness located in Ohio. And Adrian is very well versed in addressing a variety of health issues, including gut problems and food relationship and corrective body work. Allie and Adrian met at the Silverback Summit in Austin, Texas this year, and Allie and her really hit it off and Allie hired her as her coach. So Adrian, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. It is uh, an honor to say the least. And Allie, welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Very excited. So let's just jump right in. Maybe, Allie, do you want to give your version of how you guys met at the Silverback Summit? Yeah. So the Silverback was super impactful for me. So many just knowledgeable and and people just really willing to share their expertise I actually had seen Adrian a couple times just during the panels and asking questions and things. And I'm like, dang, she is ripped. And I was like, literally my in my head, I'm thinking like, I want to know her body fat percentage. <laughs> so we were in the gym the next morning, Steve and I, one of our other patient coordinators, and he was like spotting me on a lift that I was not doing very well. And she came over and she's like, well, do you want to help her and get stronger? Or you just want to keep watching her struggle? <laughs> I was like, I love this lady. So I was like, do you care if I ask your body fat percentage? <laughs> That's literally how our relationship started. So but really just she gave me a few really helpful tips. And honestly, when you're in this space long enough, you kind of like you know, you burn out of people being able to give you helpful information. I feel like sometimes it's like, I already know that. I already know that. And so when you only talk to someone for five minutes and they've told you things maybe you haven't heard before, that's very impressive and captivating to me. So yeah, we just connected afterwards and was like, let's go. So Adrian, you just walked up to Steve and called him out. In Steve's defense, he's like, I just didn't want to touch Allie like in an inappropriate way. And she goes, I, he goes, I just this girl walked up to me, just mansplained me right in front of everybody. <laughs> well, you know, listen, I I, I'm, I'm safety first kids. Okay. And that's <laughs> the first thing in the gym. And if somebody's going to be there to work out with you and you're looking for them to spot you and they're not doing it and you're like, she, she was like a little fish, like trying to get to some air out of there. And he was just like, can you get it? Is that, is that enough oxygen? And I'm like, oh my God, she's dying. Help her. <laughs> Literally, I was like, this lift is not for me anyway. And I wasn't being spotted. So it was it was funny. But I was like, that won me over. You know, a good roast wins my heart, Amy. So what's your body fat percentage then? I feel like I need to ask. <laughs> I typically hang out around nine to twelve. Ooh, that's lean, especially yeah. for a female. Wow. Um that's pretty incredible. That's that's not what I'm sitting at right now. So so nobody judge me, <laughs> judge me over here. I know Allie's been leaning out and she's looking great. I can tell you just from the few weeks that she's been working with you, I can just like even tell a difference in Allie's like face coloring or like the the structure, the tone or something is changing dramatically. Like she just looks healthy. So let's walk through the process, Adrian, of whenever you take on a new client, what you're testing, what you're looking at. And then Allie can also talk about her experience with you. Sure. So I go deep. I go real deep with clients, particularly people don't stumble into my lap. I'll call it that because they just want to look good naked, right? They think right. that's what it is, but there's always more. So I'm kind of like a beacon. And so I'm blessed in that kind of way to, to attract that kind of people to be attractive to others because of being healthy versus not just always being shredded because not a lot of people like that. Some people get intimidated by that, but I like to hear that I, I look healthy. That's important to me. So when I started working with Allie, as she can tell you, we filled out a bunch of questionnaires, like a lot of questionnaires. 
The reason I do that is because people will tend to answer things the thing the way that they think they want to be answered, right? How you want to perceive them. So sometimes it's that trick of answering the same question multiple times in different ways. So I trick them that way. They think it's a new form. Their whole mindset is off. But really taking a deep dive into how far back some of the issues have been there. Okay. So with Allie, you know, we're looking, it, it seems simple because Allie's young, right? She looks pretty freaking awesome and clean. She's made good progress in her own journey as far as weight loss goes. But as we started to answer, as she started to answer the questions, I'm looking at them. There's so much going on. We've got family trauma for many years. We've got gut dysboasis. We've got hormonal stuff going on. So for me, it was like, okay, I see this and I know this, but how do I get my client to understand where they are and to see what's happening? So I can go through the questions with them and I start to point out certain things by asking other questions. Because when you ask a question, you have to answer it. You all of a sudden start to like think, right? Instead of me just dictating to you what I see, I need you to see what I see. So with that, with the process of going through that, Allie was able to be like, oh shit. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I didn't think of it being that way. Right. Because we don't, as most practitioners, it, everything seems to be separate, right? You have somebody that deals with the, the food, someone that deals with nutrition, someone that might do quote unquote functional medicine. And as someone that does exercise and as someone that does trauma work, well, in some sort of way, the universe has blessed me to do kind of all of it, even if I didn't want to. So being able to show Allie her life kind of like out there on that line and say, here's everything that we're dealing with. So not all of this is particularly your fault, right? Because a lot of times, especially as women, we feel like it's our fault that we can't lose this weight. You know, what am I doing that this, what am I doing? What am I doing? What am I doing? So we continue to look for an answer. And sometimes the answer is sitting with your shit and dealing with it, right? Sometimes it's sitting with the mirror and saying, okay, you know what? You just need some self-love. Like, you need to be told it's okay. Do you feel like it's easier to get women to see that and understand that than it is a man? Because I'm trying to imagine like you getting a man to this point versus getting somebody like Allie. It seems like you might have more of a challenge pulling this out of them. Well, fortunately enough, I have a man's brain. <laughs> so <laughs> I was in a mechanical. Same. It, yes. So I was, in, I was a mechanical engineer for the automotive industry before I did this. So I've worked a lot with men and I tend to be, you know, women are, uh, we like intimacy, uh, emotional intimacy. Yes. So we want to know that someone understands us and feels us, right? I don't want your fucking answers. I want you to know that I'm sad. Just tell me that you know I'm sad. Okay. Guys just want answers. So I get to do that. So for men, it's not as difficult. It's just, I have to shift the way that I, I do that. Right. So with men, they're black. They want numbers. Women want stories. Men want numbers. So for the men, it's like, okay, here's your body fat percentage. Here's where we need to be. Here's where your hormone numbers are. Here's where these numbers are. Here's where these numbers are. By the way, your mom sucks. They're like, oh my God. Yeah, that's it. All right, great. How do we fix it? You know? Yeah. So it's, it's the clientele that you have and, and, and what you're really dealing with. And sometimes you don't necessarily tell them everything that you see right away. Sometimes you have to just give them little nuggets first and then let them kind of like, hey, I was wondering. And as soon as they ask that right question, I'm like, oh, dude, let's do it. You just open Pandora's box. I'm ready to do this with you. Okay. Awesome. One thing back going back to the questionnaires that was a, a personal like reflection for me is you ask a lot of like any medical history, antibiotic use, things like that. And I did like put, yeah, I, I've been on antibiotics, but like when we then had our conversation over the phone to review all that information, I realized, whoa, I've been on antibiotics a lot more than I thought to put on the paper. Like infant, I was had IV antibiotics for a few very, really severe infections, chronic ear infections, chronic UTIs, chronic yeast infections. And I just didn't really like think to put that down there until she was like prompting my perception of my answers. And I was like, oh, wow, there's a lot more antibiotic use than I thought, which really drove kind of the beginning phases of our nutrition treatment, really. Yeah, people do not understand the full impact of the antibiotic on the gut microbiome. I mean, obviously antibiotics have a, a time and a place and they're definitely needed in our, our medical world, but they are 
also very overused and people, concierge doctors talk about this a lot, or even urgent care medical providers, people coming in demanding them, wanting them for the sinus infections, the cold, and when maybe that's not the right answer. So maybe Adrian, can we talk a little bit more about uh, the gut health and the true impact that an antibiotic has on, on your gut? Oh, man. Yeah. So people don't really think about the words itself. It's antibiotic, right? And there's a difference too. So I'm glad Allie actually opened that up because the symptoms that Allie is expressing now shows me that there is a fungal overgrowth. Okay. Yeast candida is a fungus. It's not a biotic. Okay. So for her, the other thing that I hear as she was, was answering these questions is all her mucosal lining is an issue. Now, the mucosal lining is more addressed with enzymes versus biotics, okay? So she's definitely got an enzyme issue that we have to, to, to look at. But antibiotics go in there and they, they, they get rid of everything. Good. I can't say bad, you know, because another thing that people don't realize is things like C. diff, H. pylori, E. coli, those are in our gut. They're natural. They should be there. Those are biotics, okay? They can become more like a pathogen when they are for some reason, triggered to grow or fed to grow, okay? Because they only grow by what you eat. So I, I think the biggest misconception or misunderstanding of the of the antibiotics is you think you take it and you get rid of the quote-unquote infection that you have, but what we don't do is go back and restore. And what I'm seeing a lot now with the functional medicine side of things is people think, oh, let's just go in there and kill everything and then replenish. That's actually the worst thing you can do. The best thing to do is just totally replenish. Okay. So it's like if I have a, let's say if I have grubs in my grass, for instance, okay, do I go out there and really slaughter my entire lawn, catch it on fire, burn it all, and then start over? Or do I feed my lawn enough and take care of it the right way so that it eventually gets rid of those grubs on its own? Okay. So I, I like to think of the gut as almost like a fish tank. It's like, okay, so I have eek in my fish tank. I need to clean it out. But that also means I need to clean the water. That also means I need to change the environment, right? So that if I do put good fish in there, it grows. And if I change the environment, the bad stuff can't grow either, right? right? But then we forget about the fish tank itself. If I have holes in my fish tank, does it matter what I'm doing with the fish inside? Does it matter if I'm cleaning the water? It doesn't matter because I keep having holes all over the place. And now my, my whole living room is a, is a shit show. Well, that's your body, right? If you don't seal that up and keep it together then it doesn't matter. So understanding gut health versus just maintaining a decent gut is two totally different things. Antibiotics are going to change the food that you can eat. Taking a probiotic sometimes can be bad because when you take an antibiotic, what did it do? What were you eating at the time that, again, like I said, you if you think of it, taking a probiotic, which most don't even get deep enough into the digestive tract, which is why I'm such an anal person on the type that I use in the companies, is that it's kind of laying a seed. Well, if you don't water and feed the seeds that you plant, they will not grow and multiply, right? These are right. alive mechanisms. They have to produce babies and they have to uh, you know, replenish. They have to recolonate. So knowing which ones to take, I think is more important than not taking any at all, but then also understanding the food that needs to go with it. If there's a group of food that you cannot consume, you need to figure out what you're missing, Right not just take that food out and leave it out forever and say, oh, I'm good as long as I don't do this. Well, that's like saying, I don't have any overgrowths at all. I'm fine, except for that toe fungus that I have in my black nail on my toe, <laughs> right? Yeah. So I think the the misconception is the antibiotics is that you think it does good and you're done, but you have to replenish. And more and more children are being given these antibiotics so young. And then the the parents wonder why, you know, you're adding this, formula because most women can't breastfeed nowadays um, or choose not to, whichever one it is. And they're giving their baby this formula that's literally a cheap whey protein powder that you find at GNC somewhere. And it's destroying their guts even more. Yeah. Peter Atia and Colleen, the CEO and founder of Pendulum, which is a probiotic strand that we use. Acromancia is the bacteria strand. I did a fascinating podcast on this the last couple of weeks. And they talked about literally when you're coming off that the antibiotics, what you're putting in when you're done with this course of antibiotics will change, permanently change your gut microbiome there moving forward. And it's like the, the really 
think about that. And if people don't get come off these antibiotics and get on the right track, like that microbiome that now you're that you have moving forward. Now they said like once you take the antibiotics again, you're kind of then you wipe it all out again, you start over again. It was kind of a mind blowing thing to actually sit there and think about because I don't think anybody is putting that much thought into it after they come off of a course of antibiotics. No. And what's interesting about acumencia is acumencia cannot be taken. You can't, it doesn't grow in a Petri dish. So what's interesting is I always laugh and say, I'm going to sell my fecal one day in capsule form and all my clients are going to be skinny because I have an abundance of acumencia, which means I will never be fat. But acumencia cannot be fed directly. It has to be fed via bifidobacteria strains. So yep. once you feed the bifido, then the bifido feeds the acumencia. So there again is something you don't hear about. You don't hear people yeah. saying, I need to feed this bacteria to feed this bacteria, right? Yeah. We also don't talk about the gene expression related to the bacteria that we have and the epigenetics that are connected to all of that stuff, which is all triggered I, by food. I didn't realize how difficult it was to actually get acromancia into a pill form for somebody to actually be able to orally take it. When she walks you through the process and the millions and millions of dollars it took to make this facility to actually make a strain of acromancia that works, it's I'll have you maybe appreciate a little bit more to your point earlier, like just not every probiotic and prebiotic works just because it's in the refrigerator section at Whole Foods and it looks really pretty does <laughs> not mean that it's going to work. I know it's very tempting to want to take those, but the reality is you have to be very particular mm-hmm. on which ones you're which ones you're purchasing. So uh, do you want to, Allie, maybe go into a little bit more of some of your gut health that you were experiencing and where you're at now? Yeah. So I, as you both know, (laughs) I have really kind of taken anxiety as like my baseline just being. And after we had a handful of phone calls and and I just kind of like chalk that feeling of being anxious all the time as like my normal baseline. And she's like, no, that's not normal. (laughs) Like, oh, okay. So, you know, it's like, People can have, you know, all these diagnoses and not to get too far down in mental health, but like depression, anxiety, generalized anxiety, things like that. And the first thing, a lot of people like to go straight to medication and and there is a time and a place and there's nothing wrong with taking medication if that is the right choice for that person. But for me, I'm like, I'm never taking medication, so I'll just deal with it. She's like, well, why don't we just get to the root cause and fix it? And I'm like, oh, that's a good idea. But it's just, I just never, even being in the wellness space and the optimization space, I never really thought like if I take a very dramatic turn in my food, food is medicine. If I take a dramatic turn in that, it could just heal the underlying cause or at least give me a lot more grip on the situation. And I have noticed that a lot. I was very, very, very my whole life. I'm like, I'm never cutting out a whole food group. That is not going to be me. And Adrian's like, it's just to heal. It's just, you know, in time, we have to use food as medicine. So essentially, I've, I've really been pretty much like no gluten, no dairy. That's right. I mean, I don't, I don't think I've had any gluten or dairy. And that is like I said, you know, before when I was doing my own thought process, I was like, I'm never going to be that person. But when I really could understand the fundamentals of you have to be able to reverse these things that are going on, and then they will render a result. It's been pretty crazy how much better I've been able to handle some of the things I just accepted as my normal bad things that I had to deal with. And now I'm just not dealing with those nearly as much as I was. So it's, it's just really interesting in, in a short time how much eliminating certain things that were feeding the bad or overgrowth in my gut were transpiring directly to how I was feeling. Same with acne. I mean, it's the same spiel. I was like, well, I mean, I did take Accutane and my my skin is great now, but to prevent that from happening again and to get off of my preventative meds, which I'm still on, we need to fix the underlying cause, which again is causing is coming from so much overgrowth, presumably in my gut. So anyway, it's, it's just very interesting how even just in a short time, those those things that were right for me and and just everyone listening, disclaimer, that doesn't mean it's right for you to do that. But for me, and after we really dug into those issues, it was very, 
I don't know, perplexing, I guess is the word that it just really could zap a lot of that stuff. Um, I have totally cut back on my uh, acne preventative medication and I have not had any issues. So it's just pretty cool how food can really truly be used as medicine. And then the addition of things that are feeding the good stuff. So I've eaten more vegetables in the last two months than I've probably eaten in the last year before meeting Adrian. So that is good. And she can speak to a little to that about how we're using food to feed the good, you know, rid the bad or, you know, however you want to say it. Well, yeah, just with working with Allie for, I don't know how many years it's been um, now, but several years, you, when, when she started with Victory, she was, definitely not the picture of health, but you wouldn't think unhealthy, right? But when she started working at Victory, she definitely, the lifestyle started to turn up, working out more intense, meal prepping. And from an outsider, any outsider looking in would probably think very healthy, right? Her gym routine and what she's eating, not eating junk food, et cetera, et cetera. But she did a food sensitivity test pretty early on with us and didn't really make any changes to her diet at that time. Then when she meets you, it's very interesting coming from you. She's had a total shift in her workout routine and her diet that most people would think was completely fine. So I want you to explain why did you resonate with her? What do you think you, how you delivered the message landed with her differently than hearing it from somebody else? And then also to the point of, what she was eating prior to starting with you that might look good to the average person. What was actually wrong with that whenever you looked at it to make these changes? Okay. I think the biggest thing with resonating with her was, you know, you can take a food sensitivity test. First of all, that's usually only based off of what you've been eating already and also what's going on in the gut to some extent. But if you as an individual don't understand why those food sensitivities are there, then it's kind of like, oh yeah, I'm sensitive to it, whatever. I'm not allergic to it. It's not really not doing much, right? But then to sit to, to, to sit down with her in some sort of way, I guess we, I don't, we didn't sit down together, but we did and say, this is what's going on in your body. And this is why these are a problem. Because these are a problem, here's how it's going to manifest this expression in your body. Okay. So I think taking it to that level may have been what helped her more so. The other thing in some sort of way is it's different when you have someone to answer to. It's different having a coach. The other thing is I've gone through this, right? I, I've gone through my gut journey. Unfortunately, I've been learning as I go. So it's been eight years for me. And now my gut even knows when the season changes. It's amazing. But I'm to, to bring it all together, there's one underlying thing outside of her her youth as far as antibiotics and things like that go, which when you kill biotics, funguses and molds grow because they're separate. She didn't take an antifungal. She took an antibiotic. She has an IUD. Estrogen is increased by 800 times in the body when you have a candida overgrowth. On top of it, she has an IUD. An IUD produces more estrogen than people realize in the body. Estrogen feeds off of, of yeast and yeast feeds off of estrogen. So not only is she producing too much, but she's also recycling it through her body, okay? Which is where the, I always say that yeast is an angry bug. Anybody who cheats and then is angry the next day, <laughs> if you had sugar, if you had beer, you had wine and you're angry the next day, it's typically candida, okay? It's, it's just one of those bugs that is angry. So the IUD not only is causing all that for her, but it's also causing some of the issues with her training, Okay. Some of the things that she wrote down here was she had back pain and every once in a while she would have like, for lack of better terms, almost like a, a pain in the groin area of her pelvis floor. Okay. What we don't think about is that when an IUD is in that spot, our body is like, what is this foreign object? What is it doing here? So the fascia gets tight around that. Just as like a woman on her cycle, the fascia gets tight as the as the uterus inflames to the process of having a cycle. Allie doesn't ovulate. So this is not a problem for her. She's not ovulating. So she's not having an ovulation discomfort for her cycle. So with the inflammation in her lower abdomen, which is where the yeast is going to sit on top of the IUD that is sitting right in front in the middle of this whole intestinal wall, I guess you can say this intestines, everything gets tight down there for her. 
So she's showing, she's manifesting back pain. She's manifesting, even when she trains, there's something going on that I see in her videos on the one leg. So eventually I have to teach her how to do some sort of fascial release in her abdomen and stuff like that. But those are things I think that bringing also to her attention and showing how it all connects makes a difference. Because if you're only looking at one piece and one part, it's different. For Allie, she's like, listen, I really want to go to the gym and I want to kill everything when I'm there. I don't want to hurt afterwards. I want to look good naked. And eventually I want to be able to eat and drink whatever I want to. <laughs> right? Allie. <laughs> <laughs> but for me, it's like, okay, as a coach, I'm like, great. She wants to work out. She's willing to do whatever, to, to some extent, she's willing to make changes. So why do I not just feed on those things? Right. So I design her plan to work with those issues, understanding that she's got some fascial line issues, understanding what her goals are. She wants to look good naked. I'm not going to sit there and say, okay, first we're going to do dog pointers for six weeks and then we're going to do dead bugs. She'd be like, fuck off. Right. So I'm using deadlifts. I'm using things like different strike or different gates in her split squats, things to open up her hips. That's going to get that mobility through those fascial lines to eventually let that go. In the meantime, I'm picking up her ass. I'm changing the shape of her glutes. I'm strengthening her hamstrings. I'm making her more um, excited about going to the gym because she's seeing her weight, her weight increase. And when she feels like that, of course, she's going to eat differently now. Because the other thing is the inflammation. If I'm letting her eat inflammatory foods that are feeding these bad bugs or just causing inflammation in a woman that has a cycle that also has an IUD in that area, I'm asking for trouble for her. She's going to be in pain two out of four weeks out of a month. I mean, if she didn't have anxiety and depression, she will now. So that's yeah. kind of how that all goes I, together. One thing too, to answer, just circle back to the original question. One thing after I really dug in with all of my health history with Adrian, that the overgrowth of candida really scared me, if, if I'm going to be honest. When I was learning all the repercussions of living with yeast overgrowth, I was like, I cannot do this forever. Like I'm willing to be strict for X time and really make my gut more bulletproof now than, you know, potentially if I have kids later in life or, you know, even just eight general, general aging, I don't want to be dealing with this forever. So like, I truly think that the, the deep explanation of the implications of having a yeast overgrowth was terrifying to me. And that's why I have been like, okay, well, I'm going to do what it takes to get rid of it. <laughs> Yeah. But Allie was a seven day a week workout person. And if I understand now, she's not in the gym seven days a week. So can you walk me through why, what changes you made to her workout routine? Cause she was an intense, she had an intense workout routine, or at least it looked like it on Instagram. Yeah. Well, it still is intense because I mean, that's what we're here for. Right. But because of her stress levels. Okay. So again, when we're stressed, good bacteria dies bad bacteria grows. Okay. Again, she's got a fungal issue. So we got to keep her biotics good. We got to keep them there. Her stress levels. It's, it's like, you know, we talk nowadays buzzwords, recovery, recovery, recovery. Well, if she's stressed, she's anxious. She doesn't feel good. She's got all this stuff going on. Why go to the gym so much? How about we cut it down so that you have more time in between so that when you go to the gym, you're hundred percent focused, you're ready to do it. Your brain is there. Your mental is there. The other thing is working with someone's schedule. Listen, I burn the candle at both ends in the middle on the side. No wick, put one. There's no wick. To, I don't even care. Just burn a hole and just, just light it, right? Just catch the whole thing on fire. We don't have the option all the time of saying, okay, I'm going to meditate at noon. I'm going to go to bed at this time and I'm going to take a bath first and I'm going to journal. I'm going to wake up and do my morning routine. Stop. Okay. As much as I would love that because how many people could heal so much faster, it doesn't happen. So I always say we as humans are meant to have stress. We're meant to take it. We just have to get rid of it. Coach always said, coach Poliquin is who I'm referring to. Cortisol is like a cheap whore. You want her in, you want her to do a job and you want her out fast. Okay. <laughs> it's the same thing. Yep. We don't want that cheap whore hanging around us because now our friends see her. Now we're being judged, right? So we don't mm -hmm. want it. It's going to show up in belly fat. It's going to show up in other storages of fats of the body. So the best thing to do with clients is work with their schedule. Okay. The other thing is how much more recovery do we need? If your day is shit, the first thing I tell her is do not eat because I don't need you feeding bad bacteria. The other thing is fright or fright or, or stop basically. Okay. So the gut, 
itself will not be contracting throughout the day. Listen, if you have a tiger chasing you, you're not going to stop and take a poop. Okay. It's not going to happen. So the last thing I want her to do is keep cramming fruit food in her, in her pie hole in her face when her gut is not digesting, because now it's sitting there the same as if someone were to be on a semi-glutide or a GLP-1. If you're not changing your food and it's just sitting there rotting in your stomach, well, guess what's eating it? Guess what's growing? Now you got an overgrowth of H. pylori. Now you got an overgrowth of EDIF. Now you got an overgrowth of candida. Now you got an overgrowth of other funguses. Okay. So don't. So working with her, her schedule and saying, okay, your stress levels are shit right now. If we want the body that we want, the best thing to do is to give it a break back off. So we pick the times that she goes. We make it very specific to what she's doing. She gets in, she works hard, and then she goes on to live the rest of her life for the rest of the day, which is generally dealing with the shit from work and dealing with recovering from her workout. So that actually makes you skinnier than constantly trying to spin it and spin it and spin it and spin it. You just keep increasing cortisol. Well, and two, I, and I loved what I was doing before from a mental perspective, but I think that like, I was just like, I just want to lift heavy, as heavy as I can possibly lift. And my body was never changing. Like it changed to a certain point. I I got down to my kind of average body fat percentage. And then for over a year, maybe two years, two and a half, I was lifting the same movements, just trying to lift heavier. My body was still staying exactly the same. I was still carrying fat in the same places and I was not really reaching ever substantial like progressive overload in any capacity because I was doing the same things over and over and over and over. And so I think in my head, I was like, I was going because I loved it. I was going because it made my mind feel better. But I was like, at this point, I really want to look jacked and I'm not looking jacked. (laughs) I'm too strong to not look like it. So now she has me doing these movements, you know, single leg stuff, split different, different variations of movements I'm I'm used to. And I'm like, why am I so weak? Mm -hmm. Because I'm not used to that variation. It's like I've trained my muscle memory to do it in one specific way. So like she was explaining to me the other day, you're not strong if you can only deadlift in one position. Like what happens if you're in an emergency situation and you have to like carry a kid over a fence or something like that? Like you have to be able to just be strong, period. Like you can't just pick the feet positions and the hand positions. Like you have to be able to be strong in all ways and dense muscle versus just being strong. It, it, there's Those are things that I've just been learning. You know, you can read them on paper and know it, but when you start doing it, it just resonates differently. And that's why I'm like, yeah, this is what I got to be doing. I have a question that I think could be really applicable to a lot of our listeners. And so obviously we've got a lot into like, okay, I hired you to do this for me. I was like, I want to get deep. I've made the general big brush strokes. I want you to get in the fine details. But what if you're, because a lot of what we see here at Victory is general health patients, right? These are people that are can can tend to be way on the not healthy scale. And they're like, either a health scare or they're like, I'm sick of living this way. I feel terrible. And, you know, we give them very basics, right? But what would you say is the biggest advice or the biggest, like, every person needs to be doing this. If they don't want to get into the nitty gritty, at least do this, those types of of takeaways. Because I think with nutrition, people, you know how it is, hot topics. Like I saw on TikTok, I saw on Instagram, I saw on Facebook, I'm going to do keto, I'm going to do whatever. It's like, there's so much hype and there's not always good, tangible, realistic takeaways for people that might not be educated in healthcare. They might not be educated really at all. And they're just like, I'm tired of feeling this way. What should I do? Obviously my clear answer would be hire someone to help you. But if that's not a realistic possibility, what would you say is your main advice for those people? Okay. There's going to be two parts to this and there's a reason why. The first thing that I would say would be the best thing for someone to do would be to follow the sun. Sounds super simple. It's not. And that's why you couldn't tell them that. Because as simple as that sounds, there's a lot that goes into that. But I think respecting the sun, because that's going to tell you what to eat at what time of year, what time of day, when to wake up and when to go to sleep. Honestly, that would be the best thing that anybody could do. And and it's something that doesn't require you to think. Okay. However, like I said, especially in America, we don't even know. It's like the sun. What's, what is that? Right. Cause we wake up, it's dark. We go in an office, we sit all day. We come home, it's dark. Right. In the summertime, even if it's light outside, we're exhausted. We don't even look at it because we go inside because it's too hot. We want air conditioning. It's ridiculous. 
So as simple as it would be to say that, it's not going to work. So the thing that I think would work that would still be simple is do not worry about macro counting. Do not worry about your stupid calories because the body doesn't know that. Eat things that have eyeballs and grow out of the ground. I mean, really eat those things so that you're not being eaten by your food <laughs> from the yeah. inside mm-hmm. out. Right. And yeah, take the time to actually cook your food. Stop microwaving it because you're killing it. Stop buying it on the store that off the shelf. Stop. I mean, even if you go to the store and it's, it's just a, like a whole rotisserie chicken, at least it was cooked that day. Right. At least there's nothing in it. So the, the simplest thing I would say is just eat real food. Don't count. Don't weigh. Don't measure. No one ever got fat off of eating Brussels sprouts and steak. You know, that would be the simplest. Yeah. Let's talk about real meat versus this plant-based meat that they have a whole section in the grocery store now for just plant-based meat. What I cannot actually wrap my mind around is if you don't want to eat meat, why do you want it to look like a sausage? I don't get it. <laughs> because we're meant to eat meat as humans. And that's why it, they keep doing it because it fits us, but they just want to fight it. I hate to say it. There, There's, listen, There, I don't ever think that there is a one way to do anything, right? There's not one, you should never be on keto 100%, 24-7, all the time, you know, 365 days a year. You shouldn't be on paleo. You shouldn't be on uh, any of that. It changes according to season. However, one thing that never goes out of season is meat. Ever. Another thing I'm going to bring up, there's people that have had those colotic bags that are stuck to the side of their body, right? Yep. Okay. Never once, ever, is there a piece of meat that is found in it. However, there is all kinds of plants and seeds and nuts and grain that is found in it. We do not digest those other foods as readily as we do the meats. Another reason is because meat comes with its own digestive enzymes called proteases, right? All nine, 12 of them. Vegetables only have enough to digest themselves. They don't give our body anything. Most humans don't have enough digestive enzymes to digest plant sources and grain sources, especially the GMO ones that we have. So the reason that they make it in meat form is because believe it or not, those people want to eat meat. But if you look at the ingredients, it's like, there's nothing real here. And yeah. it, it, it just blows my mind. I'm not even going to lie to you guys. I had a client. Oh, Lord. She definitely had the money to spend. That's for sure. Just put it that way. She says, I'm vegan. I'm vegan. I'm vegan. I'm vegan. Okay, great. I can work with it. Okay. As long as you know, I have to supplement the shit out of you. I can work with it. And she says to me about three weeks into it, how long do I have to eat vegetables? Because I really don't like vegetables. <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> and I said, I'm sorry, aren't you, veg- aren't you vegetarian? Well, yeah, but it's expensive. You have a Mercedes Benz and a Louis Vuitton purse, girl. You need to stop. Okay. And I said, well, if you're vegetarian, what do you eat? But it's, it's worse because they eat so much packaged food that have scientifically designed flavors and fillers and, you know, they, they don't realize the damage that they're doing. But I mean, I hate to say it, even nowadays, we have to be cautious of the beef that we buy in stores because they're glued together with gluten. Yeah, They're literally yeah. trying to GMO our meat. And that's why people think I'm crazy with what I do to some extent. But I have so many clients now that only eat game meat and that eat the way that I do. And, you know, it's interesting to see how their doctors are like, what are you, what are you doing? I got young girls that come to me that have been on Accutane, that have been on birth control pills. I'm like, listen, you got two years before you can get pregnant because we have to make sure your baby isn't born with these things like babies being born with biofilm because of the the funguses and molds that their parents have getting pregnant with them. Accutane is a, is a cover-up. It's a Band-Aid. It's like, I always explain it this way. It's like you have termites. So instead of killing them, you just keep putting drywall up. <laughs> Yeah. Well, eventually your house falls, guys. Okay. You got to deal with the termites. But yeah, I, I listen, if you, I, there's nothing wrong. I think there's, there's a certain three months out of every year that if you want to be vegetarian, that's like the time to do it. Right. Yeah. But understand that that time, here's the funny part, that time of year that you're going to primarily be eating fruits and vegetables, you're going to get fat. 
because that is the point of it, right? It's to get you fat for the winter. It's to put extra storage on you for the winter. Then in the winter, since nothing grows, you're carnivore because you're eating meat and fats. Because like I said, there's always animals every season. So it's kind of like the the reason that they make it in meat flavors, because you're literally fighting what you were designed to do. You know, it's kind of silly. Yeah, it's very, it's very odd to me. I, I, I saw an episode of the Kardashians on my TV and I guess the Travis Barker, the Blink 182 drummers, uh, vegan, and his wife Courtney was pregnant, and she went over to him. She was, I just want to apologize. I just had to eat meat. I had half of a cheeseburger. Do you forgive me? And I'm thinking, it's her body telling her, like, please, dear God, the baby is like, I need the nutrients. I just thought I was like, oh my gosh, I can't with these people, <laughs> but. I thought it was very interesting when I was pregnant too, because I'm just like inherently not like a massive meat eater. I don't know why I even grew up on a farm and watched my dad raise cattle and, and, you know, a traditional farmer as well. But it just was never something that I really craved. But during pregnancy, I craved meat. That is what my body wanted. And it's just so, you know, bringing it all the way back to nature with the circadian rhythms and the sun and how you're when you should be eating the fruits and the vegetables versus eating the meat, like your body just inherently knows what it should be doing. We're just caught up in this modern day world where we don't follow what our bodies were designed to do. Uh, What was the biggest thing that you saw in Allie's diet that you made her change? Uh, She didn't eat. And then when she did, it was a lot of uh, quick sugary foods. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Dairy. I had a lot of a dairy. A lot of dairy, a lot of, and a lot of sugar. I mean, there was a lot of fruits and things like that. And again, and I'm glad you, you talked a minute ago about, you know, innately you wanted to do that. Humans don't crave food. Humans crave based off of what our bacteria wants. Okay. Every bacteria that we have wants to survive. So for any, I will say this, if your child wants to drink milk a lot, they have a yeast overgrowth. Because humans don't crave milk. I have never in my life had milk in my house. My daughters don't even know what that shit is, right? We don't either. Now, what's interesting too, and I want to bring this up, is you said you craved meat when you were pregnant. I craved meat when I was pregnant. Girls nowadays, for the last seven years, want to vomit at the smell of meat when they get pregnant. Hmm. I find it all. The, I have another girl too. Same thing. So my my I'm trying. You know me. <laughs> I go down rabbit holes all the time. I pick up on patterns. I'm a, I'm an engineer. It's what I do. So I'm trying to figure out, is it that our meat is so not clean nowadays that the smell of it is telling their body not to consume it because of detoxification and toxification issues? Or is it that their body is so infested with this yeast that they know if they eat the, start eating that meat and not feeding this other bacteria, is it going to die? Therefore, we crave that. So that's something I've been, I've been working on. But for the last seven years, every single solitary female that has gotten pregnant and they're all younger literally cannot touch meat almost their entire pregnancy. Sometimes the first and second trimester, but they can't even eat it. Like sometimes if they can eat it cold, some can eat it cold if it's pre-cooked, but they can't smell it having being cooked. Some can have it if it's mixed in with other things and some just absolutely cannot touch it at all whatsoever. So interesting. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Love that. Well, Allie, is there, we're coming up on our 45 minutes. Was there anything else that you wanted to make sure Adrian touched about before we wrap up with her? Yeah. I mean, I think just to kind of recap, I, again, like Amy said earlier, I was already what a normal person would say is very healthy. And so I just, in the same thing I say to our patients, no matter where you're at in your health journey, you can always do better if you want to do better. You can always feel better if you want to feel better. And you can always look better if you want to look better. I feel like we kind of get in this mindset, especially people have been in a chronic like metabolic nightmare of a body forever that they're just like, I'm too far gone. I can't make changes and it's never going to work for me. But as much as I already knew that, I feel like Adrian has kind of empowered me to really like adhere to that. Like I already did pretty good, I guess. And it's like, I turned it up a a notch and I have made a a dramatic difference. So I guess, Adrian, my question for you directly is like, what would you say to someone who's kind of in that really low place mentally with their health? And like, I just don't know what to do. Like I have all these things, I have all these diagnoses. I'm just doomed. You know, what, what would you send them with as far as we know that's not true, but what would your advice be? 
Yeah, I hear it a lot. First of all, I'd like to say that you don't. That's that's not an option. This may sound terrible, but stay out of the white coats area. <laughs> you you got to look. I mean, if you you know, first of all, it's hearing our body. If you know something is off, keep fighting for it. And I would say if you if you are to the point that you know you you went the medical route, let's just say, and and they've got you on medications and and you're just not feeling it. You got to just find somebody that thinks outside the box. And and I wish I could just say 100% across the board go to functional medicine. I, I can't. I can't say that because I I find most of them still follow protocols and that's the big thing. People shouldn't necessarily be following protocols, right? It's it's hard to say that to some extent because we try to get as many clients as, as we can and we try to help as many people as we can, but I'm going to be honest with you. For me, you know, I have, I have tiers in which I work through with different clients and, and who they work with as far as some of my coaches go. I'm here for the deep dives. I really am. And there's so many younger people, especially women. I don't know what it is. Like the women between like 23 and 30 are having this huge awakening. I'm going to call it that to where they're saying, I, I want more, right? Something isn't right. I don't feel right. This is what I'm doing, but I feel like it's not right. Listen to that and just seek out the person that connects with you, that resonates with you. And my my biggest thing, and Allie, maybe you can help me with this, is making sure that people, if you don't know anything, just know the questions to ask so that you know who the person is for you, okay? It's like even online training. People never even ask, do you have a certification? Do you Can you tell me the method in which I'm using? What is the point of this here? What What about this or what about that? They don't ask. They just pay $9 a month and they get this thing and they think it's going to do wonders for them and it doesn't work. So if you can at least know the questions to ask, then at least you know if that's the person for you. And and sometimes we outgrow the person we're with. You know, if you find a good person that's starting you on a good path, they may only get you to here. Then look for the next person. Then look for the next person. I know for me, and I will gladly say, I have a Rolodex full of people. Like if there's something I don't know, if I can't research it to shit and find it, I'm going to find somebody that can get me there. I have many mentors that I still use um, on top of, like I said, all the research that I do. I try to stay on top of it. But if I ever get stuck, I'm not going to sit there and try to blow smoke up anybody's butt and say, oh, I got it. I know everything. No, no, no. If I don't have an answer for you, I'll find one for you. So I think generally speaking, it's just find a different answer. Keep searching until you find your answer because there's always an answer for sure. Yeah. Yeah. We empower our patients with that information a lot. Like you don't want to go to a provider or coach or anything when they're just putting you through the run of the mill cookie cutter. Everyone has the same plan. I mean, you have to, when you have a healthcare provider, whether it's nutrition, fitness, hormones, whatever, they have to be able to explain why you are doing something, how it is expected to impact you and do the proper modalities of like, you know, prescribing and and ordering tests and things like that. If they can't give you an explanation, it's not the right fit. But yeah, I completely agree. Just find a mentor or a provider of some sort that can be on your team and help you because a lot of these people feel like they're drowning for good reason. But to find someone that can empower you on a very consistent and, and personal basis is just tip top recommendation. Oh, it's huge. And And I'll just say one other thing to that, because I think there's a lot more people trying to say that they're that they are individualized, but they're not. But just because someone's removing foods from your diet, just because someone is starving you, just because someone is giving you a lot more treadmill work and you're losing weight and you feel good a little bit, doesn't mean that they've dealt with the root source. I think that again, that can be a temporary yeah. fix and it's a great start, but you, you really want, and, and there's not, there's not many people that go on all the different layers that I do of the body. And it's only because of my, my journey through this whole thing. I just, I'm fascinated with the human body. I started as a corrective exercise because I was fixing my own spine. My first mentor was Paul Check. Paul Check led me to Charles Poliquin, which was exactly what I needed because I wanted to be buff and strong and all that stuff too. And, but Charles had a different way of not being too woo woo. We'll call it woo woo. But I learned from him, he had 12, or excuse me, 11 weeks to turn an Olympian or an athlete into an Olympian, and he had to do it naturally. He had an innate way of understanding biohacking way back then before it was a word. He's the one that taught me all these different things. And for me, I don't know what's coming in my door, you guys. I, I don't know what kind of client I'm going to have. I don't know why they have a sleep issue. I don't know. 
I, like I said, I'm working with women's babies inside their bellies at this point. I'm working with, I have a three month old child that has been my client since he was in his mother's womb. (laughs) (laughs) So I never know what's coming through my door. And so it's led me down these paths of I'm an answer seeker. So if you come to me with a problem and, and don't get me wrong, hell, I'm still getting new problems every day. And I'm like, oh my God, this is way above my pay grade. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it causes me to get out of my own personal comfort zone of education. But because of my my journey, it's very unheard of, I guess you can say, for a corrective exercise specialist, a strength coach, nine modalities of body work to then understand how your muscles and fascia are connected to emotion and how it's connected to mineral deficiencies and how food isn't more than in it's just information to the body. And it's what you're telling your body. You know, when you get cut open and, and your your surgeon's looking at your tissue, it's food. It's food. That's all it is. We are food. So being able to put it all together is something that I'm hoping to actually just teach more trainers and practitioners to do. You know, I think that we have this division of you're either food and medicine and supplements, we'll call it that, or you're in the gym. Why shouldn't they cross sides, right? Yeah. Because most of the time, trainers are going to find those people first. Why? Because we just want to lose the weight and we think the gym is where we start, right? Yeah. Maybe it is because we know how important muscle is. But if we can get those coaches to be able to say, even if it's to send them to another person, but just to say, hey, what's your sleep like? What's your cycle like as a woman? To a man, what time do you do certain things throughout the day? How can we make your circadian rhythm better? How can we work on your gut? What's the difference between changing your food versus gut health? How does that interpret to brain function and optimization of your entire life just based on your body running smoothly? Well, I think I think this is all good information. And I think that our listeners definitely had some takeaways here. And as always, I'll attach Adrian's social media because you do a lot of education on your social media and it's free to access that. I'll, I'll also link her uh, coaching website. And I hope you all enjoyed us doing something a little different today by having three of us on the show. Allie and Adrian, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you. And everybody have a great day. 